This is the Video Junkyard Podcast. A place that appeals to your deepest and darkest fantasies. The dead whose haunted souls hunt the living. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. From this nightmare world emerges a fearsome half-man, half-ape with the strength of 20 demons. Hey everybody, and welcome back to another exciting episode of the Video Junkyard Podcast. This is Eric Branson, and with me as always, my co-hosts Joe and Ryan. How's it going, guys? Hey, pretty good. Um, cool. It's been alright. Good. good. And we do, to this week, have a very special guest host. I'd like to um, introduce a good old friend of mine, or sorry, an, an old good friend of mine. Not to say you're old, but <laughs> with us today oh, is we're all Nate getting Velker. Old, I guess, aren't we? <laughs> I was gonna say it's kind of true, but Nate Velker is joining us on the Video Junkyard Podcast. Welcome. Hello. Welcome. Thanks for having me. Oh, yeah, thanks for coming yeah, on. No problem. Um, so it's been. I was trying to put this together, and it, uh, I feel awful about this, but I, I swear I was trying to figure out when the last time we actually like spoke. I know we text every once in a while, Nate, but yeah. I think it was at my wedding. Yeah, <laughs> like, I think I you're right. Now that you I mentioned it, out, <laughs> it's been a while. Uh, it seems time flies, man. I'm sorry. Oh, I, I yeah. apologize about that, but well, it, it gets uh, away from you. I mean, I've been, I've been in a rut. I've been on like second shift at my my day job. It's a night job, so I don't really. I just disappear into the void and. Like oh, a vampire. I know. <laughs> I know that. Oh one. yeah, it's awful. Yeah, it's yeah. it's great and awful at the same time. Yeah, in the past three years, I've disappeared into the void of you know having children. So that's yeah, that's that's got to be fun. Kind of does the same thing. You, you, you never come out of that void. That, that no, void. that's that's the bubble. Yeah. <laughs> It's the the like eighteen year bubble. Well, hopefully, hopefully I'll oh, get out of wait, my house. Oh wait, no, no, that's <laughs> it's the twenty five year bubble now. <laughs> yeah, it's it's yeah, just a phase though. It's, it's a scary. parental phase that lasts. I recommend though that I think kids should all move in with their parents for four years after college just to get give the parents a taste of their own medicine. <laughs> yeah. That's a good point. That's I mean, good, from my perspective, point. you know, at my age, when I when my kids get to be that age, I may disagree with that a little bit. But. <laughs> yeah. So what is it? Uh, what have you been up to lately? Working on anything that um, I'd like to give you a chance to kind of plug any projects or well, anything you're uh, working on? Well, I worked in California briefly for you know two years at this place called eFilm, which is a post-production facility, and they proceeded to get get bought out by Deluxe, who also bought Technicolor like a couple years later. But so I did post-production. I worked on like 86 movies in two years and got really burnt out and left, and started mm-hmm. a YouTube channel. Uh, that basically is, it's it's binaural audio or holophonic audio sketch comedy, sort of like the old Adam Sandler or Cheech and Chong albums, and uh, it's set in a virtual barbershop. I talk like this for most of the episodes, and um, <laughs> it's called Listening Point on YouTube if anybody wants to check it out. Uh, just type in Listening Point or Virtual Barbershop into YouTube, and you'll stumble across my videos, and just listen for this guy. If he shows up, then you know you're in the right place. So um, <laughs> I feel like uh, if I may make a personal request, can you do that voice for a good chunk of this review? Because that would be great. You and Manuel, just, I don't know. We could have five guests. We could have five. We're not paying the, the premium. Yeah, we didn't uh, pay the. You know what? Manuel's fee. You got to talk to Manuel's PR agent. We should introduce the fifth person. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I actually got it. I got, uh, there was a flame war started on one of my videos uh, because I was trying to talk like this. And then I started to talk like Al Pacino in Scent of a Woman. And uh, <laughs> the flame war started because somebody said I was uh, insulting people that have disassociative identity disorder. And wow, that's I was like, specific. holy crap. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's clearly that I just can't act very well, but okay. <laughs> I'm yeah, making fun say, of people. That's bad acting. You can't really. Uh, so. That's not that you're actually bad acted, but yeah. I, I can, yeah. I'm, I'm not. I'm like a karaoke singer. I'm never gonna go pro, but I can, you know, I can get drunk get, once in a while and hold my own. Yeah, <laughs> After a late right. night shift, yeah. Yeah. That's cool. So yeah, um, what we usually do here at the video director, well, obviously we do film reviews, but when we do have a friend or a guest or somebody come on and join us on the show, instead of um, you know doing it like a conventional interview or something. Um, we usually just ask them to bring along a favorite old movie of theirs that's something that they feel is um, maybe underappreciated or basically the same kind of stuff we look at here on the podcast. Right. And um, so um, I asked Nate uh, if there was something that he could think of off the top of his head that was, uh, you know, um, underappreciated movie from kind of the time that we grew up, so the 80s, 90s. Um, and um what was it that you came up with it was the the flight of dragons it was actually a toss-up between the hitcher with uh uh why can't i think of his name roy Rucker Hauer, <laughs> and uh the flight of dragons but i, I went with Ooh. i went with the lighter fare good choices as you must have noticed our magic powers have been growing dim i'm summoning my brothers to a meeting our first in four centuries my brother solarius the blue wizard my brother Lo Tajal, the golden wizard. My last brother, Omadan, the red wizard. Master of that heartless magic the world calls black. We must inspire a quest with its sacred mission to steal the red crown of Omadan. We will enlist the aid of allies who share our beliefs. Deny me, and you deny all magic. Victorious. But I'm kind of glad you went with this one because I was not as familiar with it. Only, only vaguely familiar with it from some. Maybe it was even when these were coming out on DVD. I remember seeing like a short trailer for a bunch of like animated stuff that Warner Brothers was kicking out, and they had like a couple of short yeah. scenes mm -hmm. from this thing. It's and that was same, like in my early yeah. adulthood. Even I, this totally passed me by. This was uh, it's up, the same so. animation studio that did uh, the Last Unicorn and yeah. uh, I think the Lord of the Rings animations yep. too. The Hob the Hobbit, yeah, and yeah, the, yeah, the Hobbit, Return of the King, which I, yeah, I I grew up watching um, Last Unicorn. That was I think if if I could probably guess this was probably the equivalent to you when you were a little kid, right? You watched it over and over. Um, yeah, actually, I had like a bootleg copy that was missing like the first ten minutes of the film. Yeah. So actually, like when I when I got this on Blu-ray, I'm like, wow, I've never seen this part of it before. So it, it would always pick up right as the action was happening. So I missed oh, the Don yes, McLean song at the beginning. See, I, similar, like my my copy of Last Unicorn was like taped on a beta from yeah. like some TV thing and like the commercials and the, it was a lot of static. Um, but I had my, never I'd never heard of this before. This is really the book either. Now I've got this. Now I'll, I need to you, seek them out. I mean, you're, you do archaeology, right? I mean, you got <laughs> Paleo, to read the yeah, book. Paleontology, yeah, paleontology. But, yeah, 
Yeah, that's why I was like, how did I not, how did I not oh, man, know about I, this? I, we, we, you need to come back to this after you read that book, because I'd like to, the, the dude's theories on it, I was like, please, please talk to a real scientist about this, because I want to see how that holds up. But <laughs> Yeah, I, I can't, I gotta find it now. Yeah, it's, I you feel can, silly, you can get I haven't it. seen it before. I mean, you can find them on like eBay for like 15 or 20 bucks, so. Okay. And it's, it's, it reads like a drunk guy in a bar wrote it, but it's it's interesting <laughs> yeah it sounds crazy so for anyone that's not familiar with uh the flight of dragons it's the 1982 rankin and bass animated film and from the back of the dvd box victor bono james gregory james earl jones harry morgan john ritter and larry starch provide voices for a wondrous tale set in the dark ages the sinister red wizard omadon threatens to destroy nature the world's hope is a man of science and magic from the future the man is Peter, snatched from the 20th century by the green wizard Carolinus. That's right, Carolinus. Yeah, Carolinus. <laughs> to, I just after kept Obadons referring to him as like crown. Colonel Potter from... Yeah, Colonel Man. Potter. <laughs> like instantly. I was messaging Joe because he was asking if I was watching it last night. And I'm like, this is Colonel Potter from Nash. Yeah, Terry like, Morgan. Like, yeah. Right, yeah. Yeah, right yeah. away. Because I'm one of those young folks who actually watched Nash. Yeah. Yeah, it's got a hell of a voice cast. Um uh, I wish more for, animated films from the time had hired real actors to do them. Like, my God. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, like, right off the bat, this this obviously has the same animation style. And even with the, like, opening and closing kind of folksy uh, theme songs, very, very similar to the Lord of the Rings animations. You, were ta- you referenced the, the Hobbit and the Lord of the Rings. Uh, or, mm-hmm. sorry, Return of the King. Yeah, Return film of the King. That, that's uh, what it was. Rankin and Bass did. Um yeah, but there's also the same studio, since we're creeping up on Christmas time here, that's famous for the, you know, um, I don't know what you call that style of animation. It's not claymation, it's like, uh, but the oh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer like, and Santa Claus is Coming to Town, yeah. Frosty the Snowman, all of those uh, famous Christmas classics also. Um, Mad, Mon- like Mad Monster Party as well. Oh, yeah. So um, I, I only just figured saw when I was kind of like reading about this film the massive amount of stuff or, or content that they put out between like um, 1972 and 1985. It's just like yeah. Yeah. 45 animated TV specials or something. Yeah. Um, well, anyway, I mean, so you know, like I said, you know, like Last Unicorn, I think probably was a little, at least a little bit more well known. Um, oh yeah, for sure. You know, so I it's a shame that this one kind of got slip between the cracks, I, I guess, because um, it doesn't sound like there's been a lot of. I know there's been a couple of releases relatively recently, but it really was lost in obscurity for a while, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, uh, you, most people you mentioned it to have never even heard of it, and uh, the people that do know about it, though, it's either you love it to death or you've never heard of it at all, type of deal. So yeah. Yeah. It's 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 a cult following for sure. Yeah, it, that's the the themes of it were really impressive for an animated film. I mean, and it it really I mean to take the content of the book, which I mean it basically reads this. It's like a ancient aliens type of theory. You know, it's like George Tsoukalos mm-hmm. talking about how the anatomy of a dragon would have worked for an, an animal that size to fly, and it's basically like 130 pages with illustrations about this guy's theory on dragon evolution basically and they spin that into a children's story rather well so i was like kind of shocked because because the book is definitely not for kids yeah right more of a quasi like pseudoscience book yeah sorry 
I just want to say, like, with that, um, I'll be honest with you. I kind of felt that this movie, because uh, it, it's kind of like the Metachlorians of 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 uh, fantasy, <laughs> because it just explains away all the magic. If you're going off that Metachlorian argument, like it's just like, but I think, holy right. shit, they just describe like, okay. I mean, so it much. sounds yeah, like the original. That's a, nice, that's a good way to put it, though. But yeah, and, yeah, and it I sounds will like say, the original. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was just gonna say that. Uh, I I gotta be fair. It was kind of hard to watch this movie after just watching the Slut Dragon episode of Rick and Morty. Um, especially, yeah, I haven't seen that yet. Spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah, I will say this. Like, there is even to a point. Where even the older dragon, somewhat earlier in the film, mentions it mentions going to some kind of breeding dance. He's like, "I'm gonna go." Yeah, that's 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 mentioned in the book, honestly, and it's hinted at in the film. You know, when Squirrel yeah. is talking don't, about a mating dance. And yeah, the, if we're the, gonna combine the, this in the Rick and Morty universe, don't go to that dance. Or, well, no, <laughs> P- yeah. P- Peter Dickinson describes it in in the Flight of Dragons book, which is. Literally, the flight of dragons is and how dragons fly versus the film, which is the flight of dragons like a murder of crows type of deal. But yeah. there's like three or four pages about the how dragons would have made it, and a lot of his theory is based on that the males were the only ones that flew and blew fire, and it was more of like a peacock display than a functionality type of thing. I, uh, See, well, I, 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 I really in the loved... 1950s, he'd be called a, a dragon fanatic, but in 2019, yeah. a dragon fanatic would be more like He'd it. be called a furry, probably. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a whole well, different breed. <laughs> the, I, I think that, that kind of... I, I wasn't expecting that. Like, this is a movie that's going to be about, you know, this, like, science versus fantasy. Not really versus, but science and fantasy and, and like, how they work together and... And the whole like hypothetical evolution or speculative evolution, um, I I wasn't expecting that. That actually, the movie went at first for me going okay, well this is an animated thing, you know, like to this has become really really interesting, <laughs> um, because those are some great exercises we actually use in in science. Like the speculative evolution is something that is actually taken seriously, not like we think dragons could have existed, but speculative evolution from the, the sense of let's understand evolutionary processes by coming up with some fictional creature. How would it have less, adapted? Yeah. I, you know. I can see how like that's kind of, that's definitely fair for someone like you who has to study the anatomy of gigantic, fascinating creatures. Um, as a narrative, though, it did get kind of like painful for me it felt it felt out of place in a narrative but i thought you know, i can see how they tried to work it in well I mean, they wrapped it into kind of your stereotypical epic fantasy but mm-hmm. well it kind of shows know. it kind of I mean, shows like a, a nerd being kind of excited and you're kind of like this is kind of fa- fascinating then it yeah. kind of mm-hmm. keeps going on and you're like now i'm kind of agreeing with the dragon saying can you just let us do what we do and i'm like yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm in the same <laughs> boat <laughs> here like it's it, it kept surprising me so that's that's always a good thing i think when you see something yeah. um from you know years ago and it, it's it's full of surprises and i think this was kind of full like the whole time and that's that i didn't expect there to be you know kind of a time travel um quasi like you know it was totally a time travel plot and then um wrapped into kind of an epic fantasy i didn't expect that the peter character was going to end up inhabiting the body of a dragon for the per- yeah. <laughs> um, majority of the of the uh movie but yeah it's it is 
the thing that I think ties it to the ground and like puts it like it it is an equal with uh, other fantasy films of the era is that it is very concerned and Joe touched on this a little bit but concerned with the kind of passing of the age so the age of magic becoming the you know age of science you know right, the, the yeah. old world becoming the new world and so it's, so it's got some like have some headier concepts in there and i think makes it a good watch for you know it's not just it's strictly a kids movie or whatever i think there's some good stuff going on yeah and it's, um, it's not quite fern gully in that you know in that aspect of it but it's still a similar theme you know uh mm-hmm. man destroying magic versus nature more or less but it's definitely right. more philosophical in its way of doing that compared to Ferngully, which is just like yeah. know, deforestation over the head with a mallet. You know, the bad this, guy's this is... a giant bulldozer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But yeah, this one, this is an era where movies were a little bit more thought-provoking. Kids' movies, animated films like this were more thought-provoking in, in these kind of trippy mm-hmm. ways. In Last yeah, Unicorn, it, it was like that secret of Nim is like that. Right. It has more weight to it. You know, it's a... Uh... Mm-hmm. The Japanese call it mono no aware, which is like the, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? It's, it's the, the, the the awareness that nothing lasts forever type of deal. Yeah. So it's, yeah. Awareness of mortality, more or less. Do you feel like movies like this, the, this era, you know, especially the, the Rankin and Bass films, they all have that same kind of serious tone to them for, yes for kids absolutely there and it's it's something about even the, the the score i think does that yeah do you feel like this is kind of america's version of anime well it's animated by a japanese studio so i think so, it's well, just anime. yeah yeah <laughs> yeah does it count yeah i think it does <laughs> i count it i mean you look at the the credits and i'm like those are all japanese people so. mm-hmm. i did notice that and i've noticed that on the other Rankin and bass uh strictly animated films that it's yeah, Japanese, especially whatever company this was that I think probably says right on the. I, I mean, actually, more just from the like the storytelling, and and the, um, the oh, level uh, yeah, of seriousness. Oh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, the, the, gonna... the heaviness of it. Yeah, for sure. It's it's not something you'd find in typical American cartoons, really. No, no, it's it's telling a more adult story, um, but it's yet okay for kids. It's yeah, it's. I was just thinking, of, you know, the modern day animated kids films like Pixar type stuff or, or just, you know disney or dreamworks right. or something they're they rely they they seem to be focusing their attention on the adults with humor right. rather than you know thought-provoking themes they want the thought-provoking themes for the kids you know like be yourself and shit like that right you know and this is yeah. a, a little bit more big like if i showed this to my kids it's i don't giving think them they... a dose of some philosophical concepts that they're probably not going to like really put together till exactly later in yeah life. i was gonna like, say i don't think they'd really get it and that's not me like trying to be mean to my kids but i'm just saying they uh... well that's it's, that's why i think a lot of people that saw it when they were kids still like it as an adult because like they kind of grow into it you know it's yeah it's, yeah it stay with you longer yeah it's a yeah, really I, unique I feel era. like it it honestly and and I don't know. Tell me if you guys agree, but I feel like this one, and usually I'm I'm saying the opposite of this about movies, but I feel like this could have even been a little bit longer. Like I feel like the the epic quest and all of the events that happened in it um, kind of felt a little bit compressed into like yeah, montages it, almost. It like, sort of dominoes together once they've established yeah. dragon flight. They're like, okay, let's get this over with. 
<laughs> yeah. And maybe That's... they could have spent some more time, some more screen time in other places. The it, It's a little slow starting. I don't know if we needed everything that's at the beginning, but I don't know. It gives you a nice gives you a nice overview of the universe that this is taking place in you know it introduces I, each of the four what are they uh called magicians or whatever the, the, yeah the, the wizards yep yeah and uh gives you kind of a, a feeling for that and yeah so i don't know I, I i just feel like maybe we could have spent a little more time letting some of those other pieces of the plot play out but you know yeah what, <laughs> is what it is <laughs> yep you you guys you guys are i i feel like I, I'm the alien of this group of four now, because I, <laughs> I, I do not have that pot. I don't hate this movie. Uh, I'm not going to say that, but I, you guys are definitely giving it like greater uh, <laughs> acknowledgments yeah. than, than, than I saw. Um, because you mentioned the philo- philosophical part, and I'm like thinking, I guess it's there. Uh, I think one of my favorite philosophical moments is when he's learning about how he refills his fire and how they do that is they eat gemstones, which they do by Robin dwarfs. Uh, Mm -hmm. And then when explained um, (laughs) why, the older dragon's like, uh, because they're pushovers, essentially, because we can. We threaten to kill them, but we won't really kill them. Yeah, (laughs) like you don't really want to eat them. That's that's the level of deep philosophical uh, discussion that they have in this movie. Well, 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 it's pretty much how to train yourself into a dragon. You got to look at the visuals too. Like, I mean, the opening, like, like I had never seen before. I uh, came across the DVD was the the goose getting sucked into the water wheel. And the wizard, you know, facing off against the the humans, and they basically just throw rocks at him, and his mm-hmm. magic's too impotent or whatever. So it's like, yeah, the impotent green wizard. With, uh, yep. I mean, the nose yep. was a dead giveaway. Yeah, well, <laughs> <laughs> you always look. Uh, um, my, I, I, so I was trying to describe my describe this movie to my girlfriend tonight because she's like, oh, what are you guys gonna talk about? I'm like, well, we wa- we watched a movie that was made by the same people who made The Hobbit, and we just watched those animated movies uh, just a few months ago because I bought them for her a year back because she mm-hmm. likes The Hobbit. And she goes, do they have the- those like big crazy eyes still? And I'm like, actually, um, they're yeah. kind of weird because I'm not gonna lie, yeah. the green wit, the green wizard's eye. I'm like, they don't, they're not in sync. Like, no, a lot of people in this lids. film have lazy eyes. Yeah, they look yeah. like they're always in the middle of a stroke. No, yeah, there's, there's some of the animation aspect in here reminds me of, of some of the and I'm, I'm it was probably the same company or at least some of the same people but like the the animated real Ghostbusters show like there's some of the same styles uh, in that from from the 80s as well yeah I, I could see that yeah I'm gonna yeah. I actually took a snapshot of one of the images and we're gonna throw it in our title card when we air this when we when okay. we share it <laughs> yeah no, there's, uh, some, there's some derpy faces in the film if you watch you know if, if, if you're watching eyes you're you're gonna see some cross-eyed characters regularly unfortunately like easily cockeyed cross-eyed uh perpendicular yeah. eyed well and i think knowing yeah. nothing about this going I'll into it I'll, I'll admit when i first started watching it and i see the dragons i'm like god they look fucking weird like balloon shaped with stupid well, little feet and all this yeah i had the same reaction at the, first the so. science <laughs> of the book describes it as like the reason that it's first of all it's male dragons and um they evolved along the same lines as like the the Draco genus of lizards, which have sort of like rib cages that have turned into wings, right. more or less. So their bodies are uh, basically just hydrogen dirigibles with wings, and that's why they would hang out in a cave because they were not defensible from their sides. They basically had no rib cages and were essentially 
hydrogen-filled balloons <laughs> and could easily be <laughs> I, punctured. So they would they would hide in a cave. So if you fought them head on, you their their head was the most defensible portion of their body. Right. And, and the reason that they sleep on gold is because they burn everything they sleep on, and gold is the most malleable metal. Yeah. Yeah. I thought this was that's just quite like a really. Jump. <laughs> I thought well, that was. I mean, it's that's, it's that's that's based on the book though too. I mean, yeah. uh, if you go from the book, a, a lot of their their bodily fluids are also acidic. I mean, that's the 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 book doesn't have them eating limestone. It's basically they produce enough bone within their you know they call it the honeycomb of bone and muscle that they're just constantly dissolving their own bone structure that's creating the hydrogen. So their their own bodily functions are quite caustic. Well. Um, the, wow. I, I would say, like, so So, they... if we're going to touch on the philosophy aspect, I would say that this movie uh, felt more like a natural philosophy approach to things in terms of where you have, like, uh, like Descartes and such, or very, like those, those pre-science uh, groups of people who would say, like, you know, our blood, it's, it's, or, or our energy is carried by little animal spirits. In, in our body mm-hmm. and such like that's what it was feeling like for me so that's that's the connection to philosophy natural philosophy i would say yeah uh, more so so um i think they did a good job in this movie of getting the ideas of uh, they're crazy ideas of course because it's all based on this like <laughs> kind of crazy text yeah, you know quasi textbook about dragons I w- but i think Joe, they got it to get a made... copy of the book <laughs> yeah, they, yeah i do they did a really I'm, good I'm job of to... building all of that stuff into the narrative and like it didn't there were a couple places that maybe it felt a li- little bit like, hey, let's get another reference into the book. But a lot of it was built really organically into the plot of the movie. And by the end of this thing, you didn't really realize you know, it wasn't presented in the like textbook kind of way that you know the the book it's based on is. Uh, but you still learned most of these things about dragons. Like that initial comment you said, Joe, about dragons being balloon shaped. Well, like by halfway through this thing, you're like, oh, okay, that's why they're exactly. balloon shaped. Now, now that's that it's not just they, a yeah. Like, it wasn't just a. It wasn't just the the animators or the artists, you know, style. You know, I was actually I did a little reading about the book, like the Wikipedia stuff, um, after I watched this, and and I even saw some images of illustrations from the original book, and yeah, they look just like this, and it's it's intentional. Yeah, they're essentially um, winged balloons with lizard heads. <laughs> yeah, and I think this this is. Yeah, it's crazy, but there's there's some use for something like this so i have a a colleague who teaches at uh, carthage college in kenosha wisconsin and he's also a a huge he teaches anatomy and and evolutionary biology and he's a huge fan of uh alien not the sequels but just the original film alien he's absolutely Mm -hmm. in love with it um and he designed a course and taught it for his upper level biology students of the like essentially the the physiology and biology of alien and so they had to come up with how that would work. Like if you had metallic teeth, well, what, what kind of you know, uh, nutrients would you need to grow that? And where would you live to, to sustain that? And how does the, the you know, extending mouth thing work? And they had to come up with, with hypothetical evolutionary paths for those things. And that's kind of what this is doing. So- yeah, pretty much. It's, it's uh, one of the theories in the book is that it was... Um, like a rushed evolutionary change based on some planetary shift and uh, you know the the dragon diverged down this path of evolution which didn't work very well so it died out and his theory on why there aren't any you know 
fossils of dragons is that their stomach contents or their you know their dissolve their bo- yeah they, they were so caustic that their bodies would dissolve in a few days i feel yeah. like yeah. like the positives that are being mentioned about this movie is is learning about this anatomy and i i agree it's it is fascinating to learn those things like not to be like this cynic who's a who doesn't enjoy that. i enjoy <laughs> that too but that's the thing like given in this age of youtube for example like this kind of content feels like better and more natural in like a type of national geographic or youtube like how something works kind of discussion format whereas this is a movie with a narrative and there's just a lot of problems with the narrative yeah for, i would for me would and that's say... what was hard for me to get into this like eric mentioned that it kind of flows organically and it's just like eh not always like they do take stops and like it doesn't have that same kind of whimsical thing like you would get for like for example the the magic school bus like Mm -hmm. i just feel like that's a good way of learning um you would get like a character like the knight who randomly has to mention like oh to this dragon mind you this dragon human fused guy in a campfire like hey we're chilling out incidentally i found out that you're in love with a girl who's like 30 years my minor i fell in love (laughs) with her first when i met her at five but hey you know whatever (laughs) he didn't fall in love with her he vowed to fall in love with her when she was old enough Yeah, I they still, threw that in there, but that's still that weird. Sir, Sir Oren is awfully creepy, but <laughs> yeah, and then he ditches her for the, like the next adult age appropriate female. So from the, from yes, the year twelve hundred, so. though, I mean that's not that far off. So like the, the story, though the, the the plot of of the movie is based on a different book, right? It's based on the book The Dragon and the George by George yeah. Dixon, not right, Dickinson. not yeah, Peter the, Dickinson, not Peter Dickinson. I had to double check that one too yeah me too and it sounds like the plot summary of that one is pretty much the same i mean more or less it is it's very right very similar yeah um yeah and that that's what i another thing i was gonna put the point out early on is that um this is actually a movie interestingly enough a movie that is based on two books yeah um that have nothing to do with each other <laughs> right right that are two independent <laughs> things they use you know peter dickinson's dragon science quote unquote and to kind of build into this you know Epic, epic Dude fantasy, high fantasy, fairy tale, yeah. Um, which is interesting. I think, I don't know. It's, I do see what you're saying, Ryan, because I, I keep coming back to that scene, the rock munching scene that goes on a little long with that all it is is like info dumping, like all this stuff about dragon anatomy. Yeah. And that, that, that feels a little bit forced, but I don't know. It was, it was interesting enough to me the way that, um, because it, it does, I mean, it ends up serving the plot of the movie a bit. Um, and it's if not you don't off, have any knowledge whatsoever, it's not of off that character weird... for 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 Peter Dickinson, uh, you know, either because he's very no, no. inquisitive well, in the first place. Well, that's the thing. Like, given it that, like, it does do that where you have that law where you have like this element in the in a movie, it has to lead to something down the line. It does that, but just because you do that doesn't always mean it's good. And yeah. like, yeah, it's you know. And it's like, you're... like I said, they they throw in some elements and they're over-explain it. And then you throw other elements just to have it in there. Like the dwarf robbery thing. I'm like, yeah, we just robbed them. I'm like, why can't you just say you have a deal with them? Like, hey, we, we provide some protect, protection. They mine this shit. No, it's essentially what, how you treat bees. But they don't give yeah. it that comparison. Nobody likes the main dwarves. character doesn't dwarves even bother to give it that comparison. Fantasy, but... 
Yeah, you just shit on them. And that's uh, pretty much what the older <laughs> well, dragon says. Know, it's like, oh, are you going to kill them? Even like, need oh, to we make don't a really deal do with, it. Uh, I don't think the dragons would need to make a deal with the dwarves. I mean, because humans don't really make a deal with the bees either. They just sort of take their honey. Yeah, if, if we had to deal with the bees, we wouldn't be wearing, like, the suits, you know? <laughs> that's, that's an indication there's no deal. Well, that's the thing. That adds an interesting philosophical... Yeah. That adds an interesting philosophical argument that one could go into. But what I'm just saying is you're not going to go into that. Why Why even bother in the first... You just make your main characters look like assholes. Well, I don't well, know. And that's that could be something from the, the original novel of... of well, it, the George. I don't the, know. The, I don't um, in in the Flight of Dragons book, the, the dragons are not uh, benevolent at all. So they're basically big acid balls that are cannibalistic. I think one of the lines in the book is, "There's no." Now that sounds like a more interesting movie. There's no meal that a dragon <laughs> prefers more than another dragon, more or less. Hmm. Going back to that dragon orgy. Yeah. Well, right. It just sounds. <laughs> I don't know, like I and, and Ryan, you bring up a good point. I'm, I because I did walk I away so. from this movie really, really liking it. However, I'm just trying to think. Okay, now I'm trying to reflect. Like the story itself was like it's okay, it's kind of run of the mill. But yeah. this stuff I found was, was so interesting. Is that kind of elevating the entire thing? Does it elevate the entire thing? That's that's the thing. Like I I'm like, ripping on this quite a bit, but that's only because like. I, I'm I am kind of being a devil's advocate. I was I didn't intend on doing this. Like I didn't come out with this well, hateness. I did actually have like a like there's parts to enjoy about this movie. But given the discussion, I'm like, well, I I, I felt kind of obligated to mention like, well, let's well, balance it. This well, is, and I think this it's is a, a review. Point that the the, the um, you know, from the story perspective, yeah. But I mean, because let's I guess talk it's... about the climax. Was it a very thrilling climax? Because it. Where would I will you say it's the climax, though? Would it be versus Omadon or versus Brayog? I'll be the honest with you. I kind of Omadon. Yeah, I'm talking about when you get a guy with like turns turns into yeah. like, dragon. eight dragon heads, voiced <laughs> yeah, by Darth Omadon. Vader, and all the dude does is he just shouts out random. Like, I thought that was cool as hell. I actually think <laughs> but the, it doesn't that make he uses sense. science just, to beat the care. magic thing was awesome. Like, but he's I really not really that, using... But... He's just stating things I just, well, out of like, a textbook. I, that's what he was doing. It was like... It was kind of like saying this is Well, he was, he was saying it like a scientific incantation, you know? It's the, the, yeah. the magical version but of science. But that's the thing. Like, but that's not how science really... It's not a magical no, incantation. It's not. it's not. Like, there was not a moment where he does, like, where he uses the argument to get out of the dragon's body and he uses that argument of like well you know two things can't inhabit one form i'm like that makes sense then afterwards i'm like oh well, motherfuckers you're just stating nonsense well would you what would you have preferred that like um <laughs> maybe each of omadon's heads asked him a question and he explained it with science would that have solved would that have been a better battle for you I don't know if that would have been it. Maybe I guess that. I <laughs> mean, enough, it literally though, could have been remember, anything. Uh, no, no, no. You know what it would have been if he was actually doing scientific things to combat the fire that he learns how that works. Like maybe because he knows how the chemical reactions work, he's like, I know this kind of thing can extinguish that. Like I can use what I know about the anatomy of this dragon to defeat it. it. That would have been better. The way you would tell a nightmare or some kind of a you know i don't believe in you essentially is you know the world is i have an explanation for the world that doesn't include you yeah it's it's you know just wishing not wishing him out of existence but it's 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 more of a metaphysical battle yeah it was a metaphysical type thing about like 
the philosophy of uh, the philosophy of, of science versus the philosophies of magic. Oddly and, enough, I, you know, I'm not saying I don't like the premise. I like yeah. the premise. I just don't think the delivery was good. Honestly, yeah. I understand your criticism, right? I just this it worked for me in this. It doesn't like lo- actually make sense, like even within the rules of this film. Um, because I, I even wrote down like if 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 science, you know, just just the understanding of science defeats evil magic. Why doesn't the understanding of science make all the good magic disappear too? Right. Yeah. Because the whole, but that's the thing. The whole conflict. The whole conflict of the movie is like, hey, science is is wiping out. We don't have a harmony. I need to make this separate ecosystem because I'm impotent as fuck. Look at my nose. I'm I'm fucking (laughs) Harry Morgan. And then then he's like, I get this champion who just builds fucking Jumanji games. And, like, he should save us. It's turned into a dragon. uh, Learns how dragons work. Finally fights a guy. How he fights a guy is like I renounce all form of magic, and I'm like, that's just the that's actually the cause of the the conflict. I what I what I liked, what I liked about that though, what I felt like I got out of it is, especially in the last lines of, you know, in in that world, where he's saying you know magic is kind of tucked away. It'll always be here for when you need it, and for when you want it to you know for for imagination and inspiration and stuff. But mm-hmm. it's, it's because this is like a long time ago. This is the end of magic. And it was almost the kind of like... The magical era. Yeah, the magical era. is like Carolina's almost in a way realized magic, I guess, has to die. In a way. You know? It's, like... Yeah. And there's the the subtext of... of Obandan exploiting man's greed to almost yeah. fuel dark magic, more or less. So he mm-hmm. kind of like fed he... on that, it seemed like. Yeah. And that's okay, but here's the thing. Here's the thing that I have a problem with. There's a lot of implication, and I feel like there's a lot more effort to try to prove. Like, see, it has the potential of these elements, and like, yeah, that's the problem. It has the potential of these elements, but it's not actually executing the potential of these elements to the best way possible to tell a compelling narrative. Like, if I want to watch these for a fantasy element, I want to see the fantasy element. If I want to watch it for, like, this breakdown of a scientific explanation of the fantasy element i would like to see that too i just don't think it was the best way of doing this is it unique in that it does it yes but i don't think its uniqueness is alone to qualify this as great well and i think i can see why they pulled these these two stories together and like so i can see what they're what they were trying to do um yeah and it has its flaws of course technical and, oh, I and mean, narrative, yeah, but, <laughs> it was but, made but, in 1982. <laughs> yeah, but I think um, it what it's what it's trying to do is ambitious enough. I think in in the story, and you know, it the story trips on itself, but it uh, you know, I'm not going to like criticize the animation too much because again, you know, 1982. This was this was like considered spectacular then, so. Um, but yeah, yeah also it, on the budget of a made-for-television special. Yeah. So, yeah, it mm-hmm. it keeps up with that style similar to Hobbit, and that's it is enjoyable, and there are some fun elements with it uh, with that animation. Like I I I really enjoyed the three-eyed org. Actually, that was pretty cool. I I really enjoyed that battle and everything. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. which I would I, I I do have my elements about it where yeah I was like hey you know this here's isn't something as, bad as I thought but. Yeah. pretty sure we all can agree on and that is i remember joe and ryan we reviewed the um conan films a while back and we talked very at length about how great james earl jones was as the villain in that and wished that he did a little more 
um, playing characters like that. And here we get a, a pretty great James yeah. Earl Jones villain performance that I was unaware existed. Which so I was re- yeah. very happy about this when I <laughs> watching this film and just kind I think of... they did a good job with the voice cast. Actually, funny enough, yeah. they really did. No, for, I don't for animated who... films at the time. It's amazing. I mean, I by today's standards, this... it's amazing. Yeah, I was going to say, even by today's, it's pretty good, yeah. I will say, though, like... the the gold... We're going to have to touch on the gold magician, who's just flat out a racist racist Asian stereotype. Oh, Voiced well, yeah. by a white guy. So, I mean... Yeah, well... But that's dated, but... Yeah, it's very dated. Yeah, I, I, say, I feel, I feel it, like... The, 82 the... is a little late for shit like that, but it's... it's yeah, I mean, it's... It was acceptable mm. then. It never should have been, as we always discuss, yeah. but it is a thing. It, so if someone does want to go into this, you know, I, I be feel wary, like the anim- early 80s. The animation yeah, style of this, um, or just the animation quality, I should say, uh, for as great as it was apparently considered at the time, um, is a bit subpar compared to the actual voice acting for the most part you know like like yeah like th- this dialogue is too in some scenes is like is too in-depth or good to be coming out of this animated character right that's, you know, that's it, why it, i wish they would do with a lot of films that were like um for example the 1986 animated transformers film i would like them to 3d animate that with today's technology and just use the audio verbatim from the film in the 80s if they could reanimate this and just use oh, the wow. audio yeah. direct from 82 that would be awesome yeah um yeah yeah i mean and they totally if they you know if some some enough people were interested in that to get a budget for it they could you know, totally do something along those lines but right so what do you think should we grade this one okay well i i actually really really enjoyed this and in part of it uh to because i did agree with ryan on a couple of 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 you know points it's not a perfect God movie forbid. part of, <laughs> part of it yeah um well you know sometimes you got to be the curmudgeon it happens it was me last week so i swear to god <laughs> so, if you grade this higher than hook <laughs> oh, i man, swear to god hang up <laughs> it's like um no i liked it a lot i was super surprised by it um it and not super surprised just because i like the rankin and bass stuff and i've just been i've grew up watching the hobbit movie over and over and over again that's like the way that i got into you know tolkien lord of the rings and all that stuff was through that film um basically it's uh it, it, ryan you you kind of coined the phrase that it, it's it's a rare like it's rare like a rare treat um and epic fantasy films especially from this era were just so few and far between um that i just eat up every like little bit i get so that might be a little bit of bias but um, I also like the science aspect of it and that it, it gave me a lot of stuff that I didn't expect it to give me. So the voice acting was great. Um, I think right away it's one of my favorite Rankin and Bass films, and I like quite a bit of the ones that I've seen. So, um, yeah, Ryan's going to roll over on this one. But, yeah, I think I'm going to give this one an A-. minus. I liked it a lot. It was Jesus, uh, it's definitely one that's going to land uh, <laughs> land in my collection, I believe. So. Okay. You can get it on Blu-ray if you haven't already. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, no. I just got I got it from the library actually, but yeah, this is one I'm gonna hang on to for sure. Well, I'll go ahead and uh, I'll just follow Eric because I, I give it an A minus two, and I've got nostalgia to go with it. So I've I've watched this movie my whole life, and um, I've always enjoyed it. And despite you know the I think many of the flaws with it come just with its age. So I, as far as that goes, it's it's fun. It's one of my favorite films, and uh, I. All the gripes with it are, I think, a product of the times, really. So I'm giving it an A- as well. Okay, so 
after my hook outburst, I was advised <laughs> by my therapist to kind of avoid cynical responses in order to better my relationship <laughs> with others. Um, and I wanted to do the best I can to follow that advice. You can't do film criticism and follow that rule. <laughs> Not with you, assholes. Um, so that being said, because you guys... This movie, if you like that style of animation, The Hobbit is way better. The uh, same, I'll even say same for Return of the King, which isn't even as good as The Hobbit. But, you know, it's still better than this movie. This movie is not like anime. This movie's philosophies aren't as deep as these guys claim it to be. Um, there's better material out there, including the books itself. Like, I just don't think... The, the film medium approach that they tried with this work they have they, it's just read it and then hopefully down the line maybe they will will remake it now the voice cast is is kind of like fun and enjoyable to kind of identify who's who um they got john ritter nobody mentioned john ritter but they got john ritter in this mm-hmm. he's very john rittery uh and i will say like i hate i hate the character he plays as this kind of like classic oaf of a character but it's because it's John Ritter. It there's like, but it's John Ritter. You kind of enjoy it, so I'll give it that. But be, you guys know my feelings on this. I already ran, ranted most of it, um, and I will say that this gets uh, the flight of D. So okay. this is D for me. I I I think I'm gonna. I'm, I'm not gonna. It's gonna be in between. Um, because I, honestly, I think I'm gonna give this one a like a solid, just middle line B. Um, I really, really loved the, the, what they were going for with this, with the philosophy. Um, I liked the, the science, the speculative evolution thing I thought was really cool. And, and I get what's, what's going on. Two different books that are two totally different kind of books. One is this speculative textbook and one is a sort of run of the mill fantasy story. And let's put them together. And, uh, it's something I, I, don't want to see all the time in fantasy stuff because one of the fun things about you know sci-fi fantasy is just that little unknown aspect of it but uh we don't see a lot of speculative fiction we see science fiction we see fantasy but we don't see that in between like this very often so maybe uh maybe i can't say nostalgic this is the first time i saw it but maybe it's just one of that i really want to see more of this kind of thing so i'm going to like this but overall i i did like it um it's actually made me want to go back and and look at revisit some of the other films from from this team again like i haven't seen last unicorn in years um i just have like vague memories of it so yeah i i give this one a b i think it's it's worth checking out it's kind of a i don't i'm not going to call it a gem necessarily but it's uh it's worth checking out if you if you like fantasy stuff just to see something quite different and yeah it's got some flaws with the as i mentioned before with the narrative and some of the some of the dialogue is, is pretty corny, but again, it's a kid's movie. It's for the time, so that's kind of where I'd put it. I think you're better off watching uh, Buckaroo Banzai. And... Well, we did well, that I mean, one. You're always, you're always better off. <laughs> There's we so many that things everything. that Buckaroo Banzai watching that this one. This is supposed yeah. to be for obscure films, I thought. <laughs> yeah. So... But we'd like to, you know, anybody who's who's listening, we'd love to know your opinion on this. If you've seen this movie, and you know, from what we've discussed, it's not something that I think is is uh, as as I don't want to say memorable, but just most people don't remember it or don't know about it. So if you have seen it, we'd love to hear from you and uh, hear your your opinions on some of the conversation points that we brought up tonight. 
uh, you can send us those comments from a variety of ways that I may have told you about before, but in case I haven't, uh, you can <laughs> send us an email at videojunkairpodcast at gmail.com. You can uh, find us on Twitter at videojunkpod. Um, and also on Facebook at our Video Junkyard Podcast formal Facebook page and the Video Junkyard Podcast Facebook group. Would you guys mind if and I uh, put this up on my YouTube channel for my cadre do. of followers to check it out? Absolutely. Yeah, please do. Share, share, Absolutely. share. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um, they can hear me just and... cry about this. <laughs> okay. uh, coming up on the podcast, we have a first ever uh type of new type of video junkyard podcast that is we are going to do a live watch so we're going to watch a movie and record what happens will you hear that in real time who knows it may be a disaster we but, take risks uh, we here are actually going to do that and that's going to be our christmas special so we'll be live watching a christmas themed film uh followed by in the coming weeks um we're going to do a four-part series on classic silver screen film serial and comic strip characters that were uh, adapted into 90s action movies. So we're talking the 90s, uh, The Phantom, The Shadow, The Rocketeer, and Dick Tracy. Those will be uh, round us out for the rest of the year and actually into January with that. So uh, hope you will join us for all of those. Excited about all the stuff coming up in 2020. So I would like to, uh, yeah, give a special thanks to Nate for joining us and for introducing us to uh, Flight of the Dragons. It's something yeah. that was definitely had flown no pun intended under my radar so uh, <laughs> yes thanks for coming oh, on too we really me. appreciate yeah, your uh, your insight into this as well and of course we want to thank everybody for listening to the video junk air podcast and until next time i'm joe peterson i'm eric o'branson i'm ryan seiskel i'm nate velker <laughs> do i need to say anything <laughs> yes you did. <laughs> you did. that's nate that's nate yeah. and this was his movie youtube.com yeah. slash listening point there you go you have been listening to the video junkyard podcast i do wish we could chat longer but i'm having an old friend for dinner you just can't let them go go stay on the road we want to take this opportunity to thank you for listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast and remind you to find us on social media on Facebook at facebook.com slash video junkyard podcast on Twitter at video junk pod and on Instagram as video junkyard podcast all one word I want to thank you again for listening and keep digging who knows what treasures you'll find in the video junkyard.